Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. For BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich to celebrate the 150th anniversary of BF Goodrich. Get up to $150 cash back when you purchase four or more passenger or SUV tyres. Good morning, Aaron Hapgood, one of Victoria's premier anglers. Good morning, Patrick. And uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this song, but if you're a father, which you are, so I'm sure you are going to be, it starts off with, kid, honestly, I'm going to go on and on. I can explain every natural phenomenon. Do you know how many times I've listened to that? (laughs) You're, of course, referring to Moana, one of the great. Oh, my God. It's been the morning of that, Patrick. That's what it, it just... He loves it. Uh, speaking of Moana, um, I sent you a screenshot during the week. One of, I think he's probably my favourite actor going around at the moment. The Rock, yes. just he loves his fishing. How good's that? He does love his fishing. He, he loves his tequila, Turamana tequila, I think it's called. That he, he's his own uh, tequila brand that he has over in the states. I'm not sure if you can get it in Australia, but I'm sure The Rock has power to get it over here. So I might have to look on Google. But you think about it, the coolest man <laughs> on the planet. He's just bought the XFL in the States, which is sort of their 2020 version of NFL. He's just bought it. Just, yep, I'll purchase that. And the man loves bass fishing. I don't often agree with you a lot of things, but he is the icon of the, any human of the world. <laughs> He's the ultimate. That doesn't make a huge amount of sense how you've explained it. But anyway, speaking of ultimates, Redmond, the ultimate fish for many anglers is clearly the swordfish. It's it's mystic almost in the way that you sort of explain it to people when it comes to game fishing, you know, lives in 500 metres of water, rarely caught, et cetera, et cetera, unless you're in a submersible submarine. Yeah, you're spot on. During the week, it went around social media pretty quick. A 400-pound swordfish, which they're saying attacked a submersible off Brazil. So... 
yeah, that's pretty extraordinary. He got tangled up amongst the bits and pieces hanging off it. So that's a big fish. Do you reckon they weighed it in? Oh, they would have weighed it in. And I've actually seen this before when I've looked at um, – you can get some vision off um, – oh, what are they called? The uh, oil, drink, uh, oil rigs. And quite often mm. they'll swim at the bottom of those because obviously they're literally out in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Um, quite astonishing to see. Um, regional Victoria, Redmond, there's some – there's been some big changes over the last sort of three or four days when it comes to uh, recreational angling. Yeah, when we're just going to talk the positive sides of things uh, over as we've done the last few weeks, Pat, but Regional Vic is now safe, officially safe, to travel regional Victoria. So you, we can't head into Metropolitan uh, on land, but we can stay in regional Victoria. So let's get out and support local businesses, cafes, you name it, Whatever it is, let's support it. Uh, we've still got to be smart because that virus is there still, Pat. It's still lingering around and there's still cases and whatnot. But if you do the oh, right social thing, distancing, all that, yeah, absolutely. So we've still got to social distance, all those sorts of things and really be mindful of giving people their space. But where where we can, like let's absolutely support all these local um, local stores, local tackle shops. And when you do go to those places, that's, you know, eat from the, the takeaway shops there, whether it's a local bakery or whatever. Yeah, you're right. And go go to the cafe in the morning, get your breakfast and buy your lunch. Because if you go on tuna fishing down to Portland, like that's what, that's what I would like to do in the coming weeks, if it's safe to do so, which it is currently. And I'm going to head down there and I'm going to spend the money there. If I'm going to Portland, I can afford to buy a bakery from the roll. Let's be honest. So a bakery from the roll. Do you like that? Roll from the bakery. So I'll be doing that. That's for sure. I'll be Jeez, definitely- you're obviously doing you, – you are doing very well at a fishing, be- aren't you? If you're buying bakeries. Yeah, bakeries from the roll. I'm going right today. No, but it, seriously, you go down there, spend the money. buy drop in, Instead of buying the lure from uh, online, or which is quite often it is going to be from a store that you like, but head into the store. If they are there, support them, go in there and buy the coffee if they have one on, or whatever it is behind the counter as well as that lure that you want to buy. So regional Victoria, travel in Victoria. Something I'm going to be doing is visiting Dan Mackerel down in the southwest of Victoria. Uh, I'm going to be ta- targeting some big, big trout and he's been doing, well, not as big as New Zealand, Patrick, so I'll, I'll take that back a little bit, but some seriously quality trout uh, from Victoria's southwest lakes. And uh, Pat, uh, Pat, Dan is, you know what Dan's like. He's really well equipped when it comes to chasing these uh, trout and he's been doing so well, sending me so many photos because I was actually meant to go there as the lockdown happened for us. So I'm really looking forward to heading down there and casting some uh, some, some little hard bodies and little stick baits to the trout in the in the shallow regions. And he reckons that it's going to get too hot soon, as you know, Pat, which I need to get down there sooner than later because we're seeing some magnificent weather here in Victoria. I know today on Saturday it's meant to be 24 or 25 and tomorrow's going to be 24 as well and it comes back to that water temperature and my week in fishing as well so things are starting to really change pat into uh in the water temperature uh been a few issues with uh health and safety in sa over the last sort of little while tony higgins uh rescued after five days lost at sea redmond fined a thousand bucks for not having the proper proper safety gear it certainly um just reminds everyone um, that you've really got to prepare yourself when you go out fishing. You've got the details. Yeah, well, it's a good point you make. And it, oh, first of all, before I go into the details of that, a lot of people haven't been fishing in the past, uh, well, around regional Victoria and Metro. We haven't been doing a lot of fishing. Therefore, the boat hasn't been run. Nothing's been looked at. And what I mean by that is don't leave things 
too late before you what you go fishing. Don't wake up. So say, for example, Metro is allowed to go fishing in two weeks' time. Don't go out fishing and get caught out by the coppers because they're out there. They're getting they're working their butts off at the moment. I'm getting checked every single day I've been out there because they've based a boat in Queenscliff regarding masks and not too many people on the boat. So make sure you do the right thing. Check your safety equipment, your flares, whatever it is, but make sure you, you, you seriously get things in order before you are allowed to go fishing. But like you said, Tony Higgins left Coffin Bay on the Air Peninsula with Derek Robinson in a 10-metre wooden-hulled fishing boat called Margrell, bound for Goolwa a week ago. They were listed missing on Sunday after reporting engine trouble to a friend two days earlier. And then a massive search was... A, a massive scaled search was called off on Wednesday night. Uh, but two hours later, the men made contact with the police. So in the end, they were found safe and well again. But the amount of effort that those search and rescues would have had to go to, putting themselves at risk for those guys not having the required safety equipment, not only could have cost their lives... Uh, the the people they rescued lives and also the search and rescuers lives too because I know a couple of days was pretty rough as well Pat so yeah let's get the safety gear well and re- well ready to go before fishing is allowed your week in the, in fishing this week focuses on covering squid in Port Phillip Bay we're going to discuss water clarity the areas you need to fish the ground the glasses jig bait sinkers the works Aaron, this is a, a really busy time for you for squid because you're starting to see those eggs come in and we've seen some great um, some great snaps on social media and you can follow uh, at Real Adventures on Twitter and Instagram and, of course, download our Real Adventures app that's free in the App Store. Um, but the squid are going off and it's time to start getting your family into them. It is. You are spot on with these big squid. They are massive. We said last week I was going to cover as much as I possibly can uh, in the short time that we get, but... They're there. They are there. This week was a little bit harder due to the swell. And what I mean the swell is clarity, water clarity, and also movement of water. So around the moons, we find that they drop their drop their eggs. And we have the full moon coming up as of two weeks, a couple of days ago. So just under two weeks, we're going to see another lot of squid drop their eggs. And what I mean by that is these big, big squid, the biggest they get, they only live just over 300 days of the year, not quite even a year they live. And they come in, they spawn, and they drop their eggs on the ground, and they protect them. And it's probably one of the most sought-after species this time of the year around the southern end of Port Phillip Bay and Western Port too. Now, extremely fun to catch, and there's so many different methods and ways to catch them. But first of all, water clarity. The swell was really big this week. It pushes in on that flood tide, uh, pushes in quite fast on that flood tide. So that flood tide is actually nearly ruled out. It means the dirty water is going to come in and make those areas dirty. Squid don't necessarily like dirty water. If you can get on the eggs, now they're only starting. Like when I say there might be a couple of patches of eggs around, they're not thick yet. Like I said, the next moon is why we're doing it this week because within the two weeks, you'll be ready to go to get these big squid. But this water needs to be clear, not only for you to see, but also for the squid. They rely on their eyesight as well, not their smell. So we fished the end of the outgoing tide. The water still wasn't great, so we fished deep. We couldn't fish along the shores where all that water had been crashing from the swell. We were fishing out in 14 metres of water, which is where we get the big, big, big models. So... We got a mixed-sized squid, but in the coming weeks, there's where the big ones are going to be, like really big squid. You're going to be in close too, but just the kelp beds, and that's the type of ground that they're laying their eggs on. There's a patch of kelp beds all around the bite there at Point Lonsdale, and also you've got the grass along Point Lonsdale too is where they drop their eggs also, which is a type of seaweed. Pat? 
So, so how do you identify those kelp beds, especially with overcast days? So you'll often speak a lot about how important it is to have a really good pair of polarised glasses. So when the sun's around, quite clearly you can see those darker patches of water and you can see um, in good conditions where the, the, um, the weed beds are. When you've got those overcast conditions, how, how do you go about finding those locations best to locate squid? Yeah, good question. Now, those kelp beds, to be honest with you, I've learnt that off other locals and such. Uh, I just guess over the years, people, that's 14 metres. You can't quite often see the bottom there. Um, I've dived on it and the squid there on slack water and you can see that it's awesome to see how it works with the eggs and how the kelp moves over them with the tide to cover them and, and whatnot. So those kelp beds, to be honest with you, that's more about trial and error, just drifting till you hit patches and that's that's what uh, how we find them. But those shallower grounds, you don't want heavy rock pat. Heavy rock, they don't drop their eggs on that as such. You want the, the weedier ground. And like you said, polarized sunnies, I wear the tiny guy where I've got two pairs during the week and they're unbelievable. And there's so many different brands. Tonic's the one I use. You've got Mako, Spotters, Costa, whatever you want to use, just get a pair because they make the difference. And you said before about looking at the ground, if you can find that right ground this time of the year, you spend half an hour looking and just doing a couple of small drifts around certain areas where you know they drop their eggs. And I'll give you all that information on Salt Guide every single week. With those sunnies, you will see these eggs. Number one rule, we're pretty much fishing squid every time on clear water, which means you're going to be able to see the bottom, isn't it? And those shallow, those shallower areas, which 90% of people target, target the squid, you'll, see it, you'll be able to see those eggs. They look like cauliflower, Pat. Not the green vegetable, the white vegetable, cauliflower. So big balls of cauliflower sitting on the ground. And I mean big balls, like probably some of them are nearly the size of a basketball at times. And they are sitting on the ground. There could be 30 or 40 patches in that on that one weed bed. And... That's where the squid will come and they will sit on top of them and protect their eggs. Now, people will say, oh, what color jig do you use? I answer that with, that's my most hated question I ever get in the fishing world. I can't stand that question. I Like I always say to you, I never change jigs. They say squid can't see colors. So the only way I look at the color is either like a black way or a black silhouette or a white silhouette, either light or dark. It's the only way I can explain it. Uh Depending on your sizes, comes down to your tidal areas and also your, um, your your wind speed. So if you're drifting really fast, you don't want to use a 2.5 jig because it's not going to get to the bottom. You might use a 3.5. So it's about on the day using uh, whatever size jig matches to where you're fishing at the time. Uh, you're not interested necessarily in colours, but one thing that you are interested in is the quality of the weighting of the jig. That's an important one and, and, a, and a key reason behind why you can go to Kmart and buy a $2 squid jig versus Yuzuri and these more expensive brands where you're paying you know, upwards of $20, $25. There is a difference when it comes to how they're weighted and how they sit in the water, isn't there? Always trying to save as you guys money at home on this show. We really are as much as we possibly can. But one, one of the things that I would spend money on in the fishing world is squid jigs. Uh, the reason for that is they just sink. Like you said, they fall in the water column, they sink, and the squid will eat them. If they're not sinking, the squid won't eat them. Not, you didn't, how many times have you uh, bought a wound or bought a squid jig in flat speed and the squid's eating it? They don't. They Or when you're flicking it, they don't. They, it's As it falls is when they grab it. It might be falling. You go to flick it, and you, yes, you've got one on. Another quality thing before we wrap up this segment, Patrick, is baits. It's 
really important to use baits or dummies this time of the year. Now, you can listen to any of our Real Adventures show on iTunes, but more importantly, our Real Adventures app is an easier way to do it. So if you want to hear last week's uh, last week's tip, go to Red's tip. It'll be on there. I talk about how to spike your jig up, where to put the jig, uh, where to put the spike through the mouth. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please listen to it. But using baits and dummies are really important. So what I mean by that is small salmon, so small Tommy Ruff. I'm talking your legal size salmon, 21 centimeters and, and up. You go, oh, why would you keep a fish that small? Well, that 21 centimeter salmon, which is legal, can catch you potentially 10 to 20 squid and three kilo plus squid. So these baits are really, really good. And when I would say dummy, I'm not chucking Pat in the water as a, as a, as a dead bait. What I'm doing is I'm putting a <laughs> dummy in the water and it acts as a dummy. So the squid come up behind it and they'll grab this bait and you... Sometimes you don't have that prong in it and you're just using it to keep the squid behind the boat. And now 10 of them will keep coming up and attacking that. And what you're doing is you're just dropping your jig next to them or a baited jig, another one of those dummies, but with a spike in it. And that's how you keep the squid behind the boat and you're going to catch plenty more squid. Up next, the social club. We're going to delve into the gear needed when it comes to squid fishing. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich. And don't forget to download the new Real Adventures app. It has all our latest podcasts, fishing news, tips, and recipes. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Before we get into the social club, Redmond, and this is almost a bit of a precursor to Red's review, I think it's important that uh, you review the goal review, which of course is the arc in AFL terms. You've been a very cynical and a huge skeptic of it. Are you any happier this week? It's rubbish. It's absolutely rubbish. <laughs> And I want you. You've surely got some bit of like bit of power that you could actually lend them a camera to borrow out of that house of yours that you're in, Gold Coast or apartment, whatever you're in. Surely you've got a camera there that you and I have used to go filming the fishing shows with. Surely you can lend something. Surely because it is absolutely s h i t house. It's it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Pat. What's pathetic, mate? What a cricket ball? I st- I did a little bit last week. A cricket ball goes 150 kilometres an hour down a pitch, and yet I can see crystal clear when they do a review in cricket of where it hits the edge of the bat. I can see it crystal clear where it hits it at 150 kilometres per hour. But yet you guys have a ball that they're watching floating from 50 metres away, coming in slowly. Big tomahawks in the way, and all of a sudden it gets to the goal line. You can't work out if it's crossed the line because you use 1920 GoPros in the AFL, this is pathetic and rubbish. I know you're a bit no. tight for money this year, AFL. Let's spend a little bit of money. Come on. No, that is ridiculous. There has been money spent, money spent on the arc. But this isn't cricket where it's done on a 22-yard pitch and it's two metres wide. Mate, this is this is 360, this game. This is on a this yeah, is with on 10 an, an that they With 10 metres that they review between the goal sticks, that they know where no, the ball's it, going the whole time. Put two cameras there that, well, okay, here's the argument. They've got cameras there. <laughs> why are they blurry and why are they crap and they can't work out a review? It must be your TV. Have I'm, you got a HD TV at home? I've got a very still good rolling TV. With- I'm scrolling up our text messages during the week because I send you photos and you say no comment. 
I've got here of my. I think it's my boyfriend Charlie Dixon. I really like the bloke. I think it's him on the yes, line, and there's three Sydney blokes jumping all over the bloke. And he's probably pushed three of them out of the way. He gave you a good one the other week, but that ball is. I, I'm looking at the picture. It's pixelated. It looks like a video camera that I watch home videos that my mother used to film us kids in the backyard playing together. Over the, it's, I'm I'm done with it. It's 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 actually crap. It, well, that's why we've got goal umpires there, mate. They're on the line. Well, P- you've still got to, you've still well, got to have the it. human element. Get Tech's not always going to. Well, get rid of it and use those umpires that you're paying for. If you can't get the quality to back them up, I give them. I feel sorry for the umpires. They, you got, grand final, there'll be two points different. Something's going to happen. I'm telling you. And those cameras, you next year they'll be GoPro Hero eights or tens or whatever comes out. Anyway, go. <laughs> it's time for the social club if you've got a question for aaron or i make sure you shoot it into our real adventures facebook or instagram page or better yet download and send it in and chat to us via our real adventures app redmond is it worth chasing chasing snapper yet in the bay yes it is 100 percent uh a little bit hit and miss pat i've got some good friends fishing around the geelong region and clifton springs that are already starting to see the water temperature come up early and we spoke about this in other shows Clifton Springs will heat up first, and these 24-degree days are well and truly welcomed. This water temperature will come up, and it's only the matter of October when Clifton Springs really starts to get consistent. And other parts of the bay will too, but I would be definitely starting to look for a snapper. I won't look in the bay yet, um, more to obviously I need to catch fish for work and find fish rather than spending hours hoping for a fish or catching one or two. I like to fish where I'm going to sort of catch them as such. So I'm going to fish offshore where the water is that little bit warmer. Oh, it's about the same at the minute, but that's where the fish are coming from to head to the bay and they're going to be feeding pretty well. So I'm going to be fishing out there. Next question is for you, Patrick. You You always talk about pie warmers. Are they really worth having on a boat? Well, I think they are, Redmond. And the simple fact is we're happy to spend 20 grand on electronics. You're happy to spend, you know, six figures on your trailer boat. Most people are now. The, like, the money spent in trailer boats is, is enormous. Um, but I found one of the most enjoyable, and, and you've experienced it as well, one of the most enjoyable things about the boat, especially when you're, when you're fishing in freezing cold temperatures, like when we chase tuna down at Portland or wherever it might be, putting little party pies in the pie warmer, it is just absolute gold. Doesn't you know? You want to be careful that when you're using it on, um, you know, when the motor's off, and you don't want to drain your battery. Obviously, that, that's a very key but, point you say there because yeah, make sure you've got you you've got them wired up properly. That it's only using your house elements, not your start and yep. engine. Um, that massive point you make there because I know people that have been caught out, and it does happen. Yeah, and, and like even. When we use them, really, it's only when we're underway, you know, we're trawling at five, seven knots. Like, we really haven't used them too much when we've been sort of stagnant and the motor's been off. So, um, I reckon for the for the money, yeah, you spend a bit more and get them wired in properly. Um, but for a few hundred bucks, they're worth every cent. It'll be Speaking the first of- thing that I put in this North Bank I'm getting, I'm telling you right now. I'm going to put on some weight with eating pies and um, pizza, but it's going to work. <laughs> Speaking of uh, worth every cent, boys, is it still uh, is it worth spending a lot of money on a squid rod? Some are seven hundred dollars. Seems ridiculous, Travis. Trav, um, I'm going to answer that one. I'm going to say I'm going to go with no as such. Now, well, obviously, the reason, is, of course, no. But there's a but. There's a but there. 
The reason I say but is because if you're a land-based fisho, Pat, honestly, if you're a land-based fisho and you're fishing along the piers and the rocks of Mount Martha and down at St. Leonard's and all the likes like that, I would be contemplating spending that much money. The reason for it is the way that- Jeez, it'd, better, it, it'd want to catch more than just squid, mate. And it will. It actually will catch you more squid because you're going you're to have a 40 to 50 metre longer cast with a proper eggy rod. The way the tapers and the design in it is I've got a I, I have one a samurai eggy I have, they're over seven hundred bucks. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be supported by a great company. If I had to buy one, I probably wouldn't have bought this. I boat fish, I don't land fish, but I know a lot of guys that specifically targets calamari land based, and they spend big money on their rods, and they do catch a lot more squid. If you're only casting ten, and, off and most boat, would and most would vouch and say it's worth every cent, and, and they would, and they would. But if you're on a boat, here's my other argument, Pat. If you're on a boat. You don't need it because you should be on top of the bloody squid. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't need it. And my argument there comes back down to my good mate, old Tony, who catches a lot of squid out of Queenscliff. He's probably using a thirty-pound headline with a five-ounce sinker on there, with a Yamashita jig on the back of it, or whatever jig, major crow, any jig. No specific brand. I just said that. But that's my argument: is you can use a handline on a boat to catch the same amount of squid. But when you want to cover distances, casting land-based and whatnot. I think it's really important to probably, maybe not 700, but definitely buy a designed eggy rod. And I know that Atomic Arrows do a beautiful eggy rod that's probably only worth 200 bucks, maybe, but it's well worth looking into getting one if you're a land-based fisher. We didn't cover off the top of the show when we were talking your week in fishing and focusing on uh, squid, which we have for this episode, just the reels to use. Um it's pretty simple, isn't it? You're sort of talking that two and a half to three thousand sort of range, something that's versatile, versatile enough. But at the same time, you don't want huge pounded in, in braid, do you? You want something that you can really feel the the cephalopod. Yeah, and also the cast too. The lighter you go, the further you can cast, Pat. Less wind grab and less um, noise coming off your reel too. So one thing you said there, your two and a half and your three thousands, Pat, is even your one and a half or your one thousands, whatever you want to use. Quite often brands, any brands, you name it, whatever, Penn, Shimano, they have different size spools and size reels in the same uh, the, the same reel but with a bigger line capacity, I guess I could you could say. I'm pretty sure like the Saragosa, Saragosa 5000 has the same, everything's the same except the 6000 is just a bigger spool pad. So I think when you're buying a reel, it can't hurt having that bit of extra line because it will just last you longer, I guess you could say. But by having your reel fuller with line, the further you can cast, the smoother it comes off that spool. I think it's time for a dream boating destination now, Patrick. It is, especially after you've just dropped the word fuller on uh, on air this morning. What's so wrong with I always, fuller? I always enjoyed this, some of the uh, vernacular that you use. Well, what would you use? An episode? Fuller. It's time for our dream boating destination. We're focusing on the Otways now that streams are open right along the Victorian coastline, and in particular at Redmond, Wild Dog Creek. Um, beautiful part of the world. Um, the hooded plover, for those playing at home, those sort of um, that enjoyed their... Um, flora and fauna. It's a um, endangered species. They quite often, and I've been swooped by these little pricks, um, <laughs> they'll nest at the mouth of Wild Dog Creek. But when it comes to a great place to chase uh, Otway trout, and in particular brown trout, um, I've fished there a bit. Fantastic on salters. Um, Dad's actually caught estuary perch there before as well. He's been catching a few estuary perch off um, in the Pancake. Um 
over the last few weeks while we've been away. Um, great place to go and fish. Um, there's, there's open sections of water as well, so if you're interested in fly right. fishing... Well, I was just about to um, say that. Your dad actually gave me a call, I think a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned... Um, that he was going to do a lot of fly fishing once the trout season had opened. I think he's been doing it as well. So there's certain, I think he said there's certain, there's different, there's other around the Otways, other, uh, you know it better than me, Pat, different streams. There's numerous different streams up there that your dad fishes. And like you said, some are more open than others. So you can get the fly rod down there. Uh, plastics or um, like little, I guess, stick baits or anything on the likes, Pat, have you used much of that up there? Because that's what a lot of people tend to use in the streams. But it's, is it a bit harder to use in the Otways because it's so narrow or what's the go? Yeah, I've never used them for trout per se. Certainly at the mouth of Wild Dog Creek, you'll get, you know, your ocean-bound fish when it's when it opens up to the um, to the ocean, you'll get plenty of brim. Um, but I've never used it to chase brown trout with. I've always sort of stuck to stelters or fly fish for them. Um, but there's certainly other species of fish that you can go in there and chase. It just depends on how much water sort of flowing through there. Obviously, there's a lot of water that pumps through the Otways, and, and this funnels down to Wild Dog Creek. Um, but it depends where you're going to fish and what you're going to fish for. It's funny you say that because a couple of times I've gone to head up there after rainfall, and you've said not to go up there due to the, the, the water quality and the likes. What's the reasons behind that? Well, it's just how much water's pumping through. Like when you've had a really heavy flow, it's going to be really quite, um, you know, all the sediment and silt's going to be washed down. And I've always found fishing really quite difficult after that. So you sort of need to give it at least a few days for everything to sort of calm down. That sediment to, um, you know, to to flush down, flush through, sit on the bottom again, and then there's sort of, um, you know, there's better visibility for the fish. So, um a worthwhile fishing place, that's for sure, especially when you've got beautiful Apollo Bay. That's... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But for those at home that can fish those regional areas, obviously Apollo Bay is really close. It's right next to Skeens Creek, um, Great Ice Cream in Apollo Bay. And you can, if you take your boat down there, you can fish for tuna as well as head inland and, and um and chase okay. the trout. Yeah. So everyone that is our dream. Bay. Everyone loves Apollo Bay. It's one of my favourite places, Apollo Bay. Not too far oh, from here. Beautiful place. Big reef, little reef. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, just quickly, I've just typed in fuller into my laptop here and it didn't come up with that red line underneath it. So that means it's actually a word. Anyway, keep going. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich. Get up to $150 cash back. When you purchase four or more BF Goodrich passenger or SUV tyres, get in before September 30. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to the show, and it is now time for our Real Adventures Rewind. All aboard for Dometic. Take control of your outdoor adventures like never before with the Dometic CFX3. And today's All Aboard is a Real Adventures Rewind with GT Buster Ben Jones, who joined us in December 2018. Take a listen. GT Buster, as he's known right throughout social media, which has now become a bit of a global phenomenon, Redmond. Well, it has. And I was going to ask you about this, uh, Benny. Is the old, I don't know how you say it, where you throw the fish back, throw the finger and yell out, you, you, that's the one? Uh, yeah, it was, um, it's a funny one. It, was, uh, it actually originated about, uh, oh, I reckon it would have to be nearly six or seven years ago when I was on a... Um, it was when I first started on social media, actually. Um, 
it was up at a Cape trip and I was with the boys, a couple of mates I always go fishing with me brother and um, and we always had the GoPros going so after I started releasing fish I um, just started throwing the finger across like just like it's as I call it a throwaway and the boys were going what what the hell are you doing and I was like it's just a signature mate this is just something I've just come up with and um, started throwing it out there on social media a bit embarrassing and then uh, it's sort of taken off it's been a bit of fun and it, and it really does sort of promote catch and release which is good Hey, I think Yibbity Yibbity Yibbida would have sounded ridiculous the first time Rex Hunt said it, and then all of a sudden it became a phenomenon itself. So it's funny the things that catch on. Yeah, yep, hundred percent. Now you spent time uh, throughout and flying around uh, the Northern Territory over the last few months. Um, it looked like an incredible trip. Can you fill us in on on what you were getting up to with the boys from uh, Castmag? But uh, it's a funny one that come about because um, last year when I did the uh, commercial for Iron Jack, um, there was a fellow that uh, flew us around um, up there um, on one of the properties and he contacted me about six months ago and just said, listen, I want to try and get into um, doing a bit of uh, fishing charters on the side. He does a lot of work on the properties and that up there, obviously very, very remote. And um, he said, mate, get up here and uh, I'll show you a good time and that's exactly what he did um yeah so we um yeah we took off and um it was a it was a bit of a hit hitting you know uh hit and bash mission sort of it was only over two two and a half days and uh mate he, he took us uh mick from remote adventures nt took us to some of the most spectacular places uh in the remote sort of I would say southwest northern territory, or sort of, uh, no, sorry, southeast northern territory, and uh, yeah, we we slammed some barrows, and uh, I got really owned by a heap of barrows as well. So, well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. Are you uh, you're a bit underdone when you went there? Yeah, well, um, yeah, when I, I I turned up, and as I do, I turn up with sort of six or seven rods, and. Um, and Mick sort of Mick the pilot he uh, he looked at me and just uh, shook his head and said mate you're not getting on board with all those rods we've got to watch our weight um, we've got camera gear and all that sort of stuff we've got to make this legal so um, he said mate dump that rod dump that rod dump that and I said mate I, I reckon I'm going to go a bit light and he said uh, no you'll be right and then uh, when I got there I soon found out as for the um, as for the first barrel I actually hooked I absolutely got owned it I thought I had it out in the clear and I had no chance whatsoever. It just raced straight back under a snag and that that, that was the story, sort of story of the um, the trip a bit. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was uh, certainly a learning curve anyway. What techniques were you using to target the barra? Um, mate, we, we did a bit of everything actually. Um, I, I went there, again, went there with a huge amount of arsenal. Um, started with sort of soft plastics, uh, squidgy prawns and um, rigs, uh, weedless. Um, because the, the country we were, uh, fishing was really snaggy, um, really narrow little, uh, little finger, you know, finger uh, runs off the, off the river. Um, off the main river and yeah you're in real tight country so you obviously have to fish as weedless as possible I, I did go to hard bodies in some of the clearer water um, 
surface lures. Uh, my brother was—he's an absolute genius. He was—he uh, was on the surface lures, getting smacked on them. Um, yeah, we did, we did a little bit of everything. Even uh, went to swim baits and um, and and little uh, well swim bait slash uh, sort of vibe sort of lures as well, which went alright. It's a bit of everything, uh, and and all with the uh, the Shimano baitcasters, Ben. Yeah, certainly, mate. It was, um, I had my Corrado there. It only had twenty pound power pro on there, and um, and then I also actually had my. Uh, also had my um, sustain, their little three thousand sustain with fifteen pounds on as well, and um, started with sort of thirty pound liter, and then sort of bumped up to fifty pound, and just I just had no chance. They <laughs> absolutely smoked me. So anything over sort of sixty or seventy centimeters long sort of smoked me. So yeah, they give me a touch up. I was going to make a joke and say you sounds like you went there with two and a half thousand stratic, but it wasn't too far off. <laughs> Mate, well, yeah, that's about it. That's about exactly what I went with. So. Changing tact slightly, uh, you've been targeting the cod of late, slightly different to the barra, Ben. Yeah, but the, the cod season's obviously just opened up. I really do like them. Right up there, Mitch, probably top five fish to to go and target the the beautiful Murray Cod. Um, I just did a little, little recent trip down to uh, northwest New South Wales and um, went to a dam there. They they were actually uh, releasing the dam, which I didn't realise until I got there. You could almost you could almost sit there and watch the water actually draining out of the dam. They were draining that quick. So it really did shut down the fish and um, my brother and a heap of mates turned up and we got there and it was just really hard work and basically fished hard for a day and a half and just realised that they just weren't chewing. Um, so I was, I was lucky enough, young fellow again, a bloke I've met off social media, I've met so many good fellows off social media and uh, this fellow is one of them, Adam Townsend, he's an absolute guru down in and around that area and um, he got me onto a little property uh, with another young fellow, Jesse, and we went and uh, walked the banks of the Severn River and slayed a few little Murray Cod, nothing, nothing sizable, but uh, just a you know, it's a lot of just the hit and the, the just looking at the fish. They're just such a beautiful fish, and uh, we got a few there, me and my son. So, well, good. Been a couple of questions for you. You are you're obviously the GT buster. How have the GTs been? And I've seen you've been smashing some kingfish as well. What's what pulls harder? Uh, I always love throwing that. I love throwing that question up on my socials. Uh, <laughs> catch a kingfish or a GT I love putting that question because it's such a big debate and um, you sort of get so fixated on one fish like at the moment like you said I'm so fixated on this kingfish and um, you sort of forget how hard they fight until you actually get one on and then you, you sort of start questioning you're like maybe, maybe they do fight harder than GT and then then you'll go and smack a GT and go, nah, they're not even close to a GT but then, then you go back to a king and it's the same argument again so I still can't decide, mate. <laughs> so I love catching both of them, but um, I'd, I'd love, I'd much rather catch, well, not much rather, but I'd rather catch a decent GT, but um, I still can't decide, mate, which, which one which one uh, pulls hardest. He can't steer clear of that. Come on, Redmond. Um, <laughs> Benny, thanks for joining us this morning on Real Adventures. We love uh, chatting and, and catching up with your exploits and following you on social media. You're very, very entertaining. We love it. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, mate. Uh, be ready for the next goals video that uh, 
uh, trip to the Territory. It's coming up on uh, Cast Mag, so it'll be coming out soon. Beauty, and slow down at the kids in the backyard too when you're playing cricket. No, no, you got to teach them early, mate. Music, <laughs> straight up. We'll <laughs> see you soon. Thanks very much. Thanks, Charles. See you, mate. That was the Real Adventures Rewind, and now it is time for Red's Review. For Auto One, stocked with the biggest brands and best advice. And today, his review is coming on the back of looking for calamari eggs, and it's going to be sunglasses. Sunglasses are probably, not only do they look after your eyes, but one of the most important thing in finding and catching more fish. And I swear by them every single day. Very rarely will you ever see me with sunglasses on a boat, pretty much unless it's dark. But... There are so many different brands out there. It's up to you, whatever brand you want to choose. Like I said earlier, you've got Spotters, Makos, Costas, all sorts of brands. But the brand that I've used and trusted and I still continuously use is Tonic Eyewear. I really enjoy their whole range of glasses. I wear the Swish and the Outback models, which is the new model, and they're just that's just the style of frame. The lens I like to use, now I try to match that to do with my fishing. So I've got a blue lens and a green lens. And the green lens I use in Port Phillip Bay because our water tends to be more green rather than blue as such. Where when I'm marlin fishing and the likes, I like to have a blue lens because the water's so blue. And then you can go into just your uh, into your streams and likes. You can get your brown lens, your photochromatic lenses as well. So for more details, head to the Tonic Eyewear website for plenty more details. They're around that $300 mark. So back to the fishing side of it, the reasons I say it's going to catch you more fish is not only like you just gonna you see through the water, so you can actually see the fish at times. You can see the ground that you need to be on. If you're marlin fishing up the east coast of New South Wales, and if you can't see the 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 bait in the water, and if there's fish underneath it, you might leave that bait ball. So I'll actually see the marlin on a bait ball quite a, lo- a lot more times before, like, a lot more times before I actually even know that they're there on the sonar. So I will see them in the water. And then I will throw them and pitch my bait to them. Not only that, also squid fishing, like finding the ground. If you can't see the ground, some days it's overcast and dull. You can't make out the ground anywhere. You put your tonics on, you can literally see through the water like no tomorrow. You can see absolutely everything. So today's review is your tonic eyewear. So please go out there and buy yourself a pair of any glasses that you want to buy that is polarized and suited to fishing. Don't go buy one that's suited to look good at the races. Buy a a good set of fishing glasses and Tonic's the brand that I like to use. That was Red's review for Auto One. If you really love cars, Auto One's the one for big brands and great advice. We'll see you after the break. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years. It's time for Red's tip. Now, Redman, this one's quite humorous. Yeah, well... <laughs> just, just sitting I just, looked, I just had to look at myself in the camera because we're, we're on FaceTime on the phone. I just had to give myself a reminder what it was. My nose is very red at the moment. Uh Actually, for a mouse person, for a person with mouse brown hair, I actually don't burn that well. Mouse brown, take that. You're covered in freckles, mate. <laughs> I actually don't burn that much, but one thing that does burn on me is my bloody nose, and I think everyone has this same problem. And my tip is this week: just put sunscreen on because people are out there fishing in Victoria at the moment, and they're forgetting that it's actually um, quite hot out. Well, not hot outside as such because you're still wearing a jumper, but the sun has so much bite to it, Pat. I tell you what, it's quite cold, but the sun has go. Uh, so these 22, these 24 degree days with that little bit of breeze, you still probably have the jumper on, but it's 
That sun, you know, look at my nose. That's prime example of how it's actually sore to touch. So Red's tip is bust the sunscreen out if you are fishing because that sun is way too much power in it for me at the minute. Sort of touch, mate. Sore for me to look at. Um, I'll give you a little – I'll add a tip. After having kids, I've decided what, that no matter what, no matter how old they get, no matter where I go, I'll always take baby wipes. I'm starting – you gave me this warning uh, when we were away, and I'm, I'm starting to catch on now. <laughs> you can use them for everything. Yes. Um, take them on the boat. So if you hand, because you know you don't want to, whether you're lure fishing or fly fishing or, um, or out in the boat. I don't love sort of mixing hooks and lures with, um, that sort of smell of sunscreen, the touch of sunscreen. Just get the baby wipes out. That'll clean them up perfectly. Good as new. Do, do you know what's funny when you say that? Is I just make you sound stupid here. I literally last year, the year before, I was on a whiting bite with a couple of mates, and I literally. Because like we put, oh, I put sunscreen on. Oh, we don't touch our baits. What do you think? Thoughts on that? I literally put the sunscreen over the whole squid strip, casted it out, and I caught. Not, I didn't do it once, Pat. I did it three times in a row to make my point. Can you stop undermining me on the chat, boy? I'm like, it doesn't do anything. I'm just in my own head, mate. And I, I honest to God, that is a true fact. I caught three in a row on a squid strip with sunscreen. That's the new tip. What? I reckon with trout, it's slightly different. They're sort of, you know, pointed noses. I won't lie to you. These fish were literally as thick as you could catch them, hence why I did it, to be a, just be a smart, you know what. <laughs> Time for the flying gaff. This week's flying gaff goes to, uh, well, there's a photo that's been uh, sent in and Trapman Bermagui posted it on, uh, on Facebook of this Beautiful. I think it's a looks like a sort of six metre bar crusher, and there would be a has to be every bit of four and a half metre great white shark just circling below. I'm not sure if you've seen it on doing the social media rounds, Redmond, but it is huge. It is and just. I actually know it was over five metres. It was over five metres that shark. They said it was in another post. I've seen it, it got circled difference. It was over five metres. So you were smack bang right. It is an absolute monster of a shark. And in Bully this week in New South Wales a whale carcass washed up on the rocks and let's just say don't go swimming if you are in Bulleye because it is sh- shark infested at the moment. Great whites everywhere. Dozens of them. Dozens. Yeah. Big, yeah. And they're big and pretty scary. Comes off the back of uh, last week, the shark attack up the Gold Coast that you spoke about. But yeah, don't go in the water because when they, they are in there for one reason and that's because there's food. They're not there to like to play. They're there to eat. So don't go swimming. <laughs> That's all I've got for Thanks you. for joining us I, just, this you, morning. I need to know. I haven't spoke to you about footy this week. How are you going to go tomorrow? Just quickly. <laughs> because you can. let me down last week. I, I told you, every time we lose, we're not talking about footy. And every time the Cats win. <laughs> I thought you know, I'd get I'm that. Ha- I'm happy for Real Adventures to become a total football show. <laughs> no, it, I, I'd rather have the wake-up call uh, pre-finals. We've been going along well. And then we'll just... Outplayed on the night, Redmond. So recalibrate, get it done against Sydney tomorrow, and then it certainly poses to be a fascinating final series. Still quite fascinated that the buy has been introduced given how long everything's been going for. Nevertheless, it's here, um, but excited to get cracking into it. And I think, you know, regardless of, you know, Richmond have been in form, I still think it's very much an open final series and any team that gets their game going, um, you know, has every chance to, to pinch one. I reckon you nailed it on the head. You've been listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. We'll see you next week.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.